Peace. Welcome back to Piper Carter Podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter, and it is 2023. It's our first show of 2023, and I am in the studio with Kari Frazier. What's going on? My Piper, my Piper, my Piper. Yes, yes, yes. Our illustrious <laughs> proprietor of Detroit is Different Podcast Studio. And I haven't podcasted in a while, mm-hmm. a couple months. Um, okay, let's start with updates. Mm-hmm. All right, boom. Um, so for myself, uh, I so my birthday's at the end of this month, right? I'm gonna be 51. And uh I have been wearing white all month, and I'm gonna be wearing white for the rest of um this month. We'll see how long. I'll probably wear white a little bit longer. How much white gear you got? Oh man, bro. I've been purchasing all types of white stuff. <laughs> I got I got yo, I got white boots. I got all types of white boots. I bought a white coat. I bought a white snowsuit. I don't know if it's going to snow, but you're going to be like snake eyes and GI Joe and stuff. Like the um and do you have like different shades of white like eggshell off, you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. different spectrum of whiteness. You know me. So, yeah. So, I got a little bit of cream, like eggshell white, a little bit of like white, white. I got, you know, hoodies and sweats and all types of stuff. So, um, so if you see Piper wearing another color this month, please take a photo. Take a photo. Put it on Instagram like, hey, I thought you was in white. You won't see that. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, long story short. I think I was going through a little bit of like a depression by accident, but it was grief, I think. But it wasn't like on purpose grief. I mean, not like you're ever going to be grieving on purpose, but I think it was more like, you know, by my mom passing and then, you know, the week before Mother's Day, then my dad passing the week before Father's Day. And then I think I just like, even though I was doing things, I think I just wasn't all here. So I'm wearing the white to try to bring myself back. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see how okay. it goes. You know what I mean? I'm with it. I'm with it. So, yeah, you are, like I said, you rocking the karate gear. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's, I yeah, it's comfortable, gear. right? I was like, <laughs> you know, I just I just need to feel comfortable. I'm like feeling constricted, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Funkadelics. Like, got to get out of my constriction. You know what I'm saying? I like to feel, I like yes. to feel just comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. So um before we get into this statue let's um <laughs> let let's just understand what's what's um what's up with detroit is different for uh 2023 uh a lot of things a lot of things um so i guess the big thing before the close of the year uh we held a community meeting uh, where the campus of Detroit is different is it's located in Hope Village. That is the Community Development Corporation here, uh, led by Jeff Jones, my neighbor on a couple blocks up of Clements. And uh, we've been dealing with a big challenge. Uh, I slowly was letting some people know, but thank God that I got some support from Halima, friend of Piper Carter and the podcast and Detroit is Different, that connected me to the Detroit People's Platform, also friends of the Piper Carter podcast and so much more. And uh, we held a community meeting, uh, videotaped it, and we've been sharing it about myself and about uh, 
maybe 500 other residents were sued last year for a development that has begun development and broke ground in Highland Park. It is the Means Logistical Park. It's a warehousing unit. And uh, as I'm labeling it, it's industrial gentrification. Uh, they sued everybody to break covenants, uh, break deed restrictions, and also rezone some things and change around the community benefits ordinance that was placed by uh, Hope Village Revitalization. So that video was something that we put together at the end of October. I released it sometime in December and uh, been getting some feedback back and forth. So that's the big Detroit is different thing. And just in finding that project out, it's been other industrial gentrification and corporate colonization projects happening in and around Detroit under the guise of uh, urban renewal, urban development, but it's being imposed upon residents, displacing us, uh, adding pollutants to our atmosphere and environment, and also just not engaging us in a way that's equitable and understanding. Uh, so we will be doing another meeting, uh, more than likely, I think in the beginning of March, uh, people from the development have reached out to other people that uh, I'm familiar with and a discussion will be had sometime soon. So that's the big Detroit is different thing. Uh, also, shout out to Karen Dumas. Um, Karen featured me in her Detroit news column today. So talking all about Detroit is different. Uh, the vision for Detroit is different. Why it's important to have stories that hype up legacy Detroit, uh, legacy black Detroit. You see that? Telling the stories of black legacy Detroit. And you see the picture of me. I'm looking smart and intelligent, pontificating. You're pontificating. Yes, Is exactly. that the I'm contemplating? Yes. Okay. That's thinking of a master plan. Yes. Because ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. Exactly. Exactly. You know. So, you know, that was that. And uh, let's see, what else is happening? Detroit is different. A lot of uh a lot more video stuff. Uh, this documentary project, this docu-series, I'm looking to release on some of these uh, platforms and these streaming outlets as I do like a lot of the hood movies. Uh, I see a lot of it. Different people look at it different ways. I see it as like a modern day black exploitation. But with that being said, um, some narratives about our city and the culture of our city aren't expressed there. So I want to make sure that I can get some Detroit is different stories there. Like the My Natural Hair show that we shot a couple years back that we'll bring back this year and uh, some other community town hall meetings and just, you know, some stories that I think need to be shared in this in this space as Detroit is gathering more hip hop and, and urban attention. And I just want to make sure that some of these stories have some other context beyond, you know, selling dope, wearing cardies and uh getting money you know yeah like the full context of what it means to be a detroiter right yeah, yeah. yeah so um yeah thank you for that i mean this is the thing um when we talk about environmental justice mm -hmm. um which is combating you know or i should say resisting environmental racism mm -hmm. you know black folks and indigenous folks I, I hate to say created environmental justice, but the framework around black and indigenous folks is environmental justice. And it's interesting because when people, it's interesting when if you say like environmental justice, if people aren't really like in it, if that makes sense, a lot of times folks think just environmentalism, which environmental justice is all of the 
elements that we're protecting all the earth's resources, but it's also the people and also the conditions of the people. Right. So um, there's so many fights that are included in what you were just speaking of. You've got, okay, a whole political aspect to it. Right. But then you've got like your community aspect to it. Right. And then you've got just like the moral challenges around like what I this is the part that I that I would struggle with. Let you know, everyone that's in these meetings. Right. I mean, they're human beings Mm -hmm. and I'm challenged to understand. I mean, is I guess greed is that strong. Capitalism and greed is that strong that people can sit in a meeting, listen to an environmental impact study, and then make a decision to say, well, it's okay to like poison these people and expose these people to these harmful contaminants because it's going to, I don't know, uh, create jobs and it's going to, you know, stimulate our economy. It's just, it perplexes me that we continue having to fight, literally fight for our lives every second of the day. Do you know what I mean? Especially as Detroiters, it's like, it feels like we don't ever get a break. It feels like every fight is ground zero here in Detroit. And it feels like all those fights that we, I hate to say pioneer, I don't know if that's a proper term, but that we've been at the forefront of being impacted by we see a decade or a couple of decades later, these things go into the rest of the world. Yeah. But you know, I'm not as, uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it's, it's the, it's the theater of what this place and space is. And I do believe um, maybe optimistically, uh, possibly uh, idealistically that um that there are greater that are greater forces that will um, keep us past survival and heightened quality of life in these points and times, and some of these some of this confusion and misunderstanding is because that uh, the connections that need to be made amongst one another, um, you know, the people united will never be defeated, and this uh, situations like this are clarion calls that have already. Um, you know, definitely unified a lot of my community. And, and when you watch the video, if anybody watches it, it's on Detroit is different. You'll see it. Um, I did the, what I call, I, I did the um, OJ Simpson and tabloid because like I took a picture of the facility and I dirtied it up the same way they did OJ Simpson's face, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you'll see it. Um, if you just search industrial gentrification, cause this is my marketing mind coining that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it should, you know, it should come up high. Uh, but this, like I say, this can bring us together and, and, you know, things change, um, things change. And as they change, we adapt. Uh, there will be, it's like a pendulum. I think, I think there'll be some victories, there'll be some losses and opportunity costs, you know? So as things change, we're, we're going to, um, neglect, some of those values that we necessarily may not cherish now and we're going to welcome in certain things that we will begin to cherish and then recognize some of that stuff we've neglected will come back into play too i mean i'm i'm thinking 
more grandiose, you know, large yeah, scale. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, the community building is, or the community building aspect of the project that you're speaking of is really, really key. Um, that is our strength is us like communicating with one another, us working together, us not being in competition, us building these bridges, building these relationships. I think another big part of it too, though, is, you know, folks who are like in power, like listening to us. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's where like, um, at least how I've coined it from that video, um, I feel that media plays a role. I think protest plays a role. And I look at those more so as like, I guess, what people, I mean, all this language, because I'm big in media and marketing, but I guess from the grassroots attainable, and then you have politics and you have the justice system. So in my mind, it's like protesters lead to media. So from protests, you get engaged in some form of media, even if it's social media. From social media, now you can challenge the politicians a little bit more because a lot of these projects like this project it, it's it's declared a brownfield so a brownfield is basically government money because that's that's really what this is and this is why i always challenge piper and many people when they say that it's capitalism it's capitalism because this isn't capitalism this is like corporate socialism or corporate communism but it's it's corporate welfare because these are these corporations are using their political influence to have access to coffers of tax dollars federally statewide uh citywide and countywide to execute these projects so these projects are using millions of dollars to uh to execute what they're doing that's why i don't feel that this is capitalism and it's never really been capitalism you know um so with that being said because it does have access to those purse strings you know and in the lobbying way is not necessarily the way of the people but in recognition the most vulnerable position we have are these political figures especially being that so so much changeover has already happened in the political space uh, a lot of our you know the the most tenured politicians around detroit don't have like you know that long lasting tenure of like uh john conyers and carolyn cheeks kilpatrick like when you and i were younger or barbara rose collins like these people are relatively new so i feel that there are some instability just due to them wanting to keep their position and influence that we can shake up just notifying that they're using tax money to impose um impose corporate the will of corporations that will impact the quality of life of myself and my neighbors. You know, that's the argument I have. And I also feel that the justice system is, is another one of those shackles that protest the media needs to keep going. Cause I think a lot of these fights, what happens is, you know, at least in my opinion, um, the fight will start. And then it's like, all right, now we're going to court. So we'll win. We got a hell of an attorney. And then the court is like, let's just wait till everything happens. Let's just wait till everything happens. As far as I'm concerned, put foot on the gas, you know, call these people out, um, you know, um, rebel rouse. You know, we have to, you know, rock the cart. And uh, somebody said, like, we shouldn't have to rock the cart. But, you know, I, I feel like we're behind enemy lines and we must always do that. Um, 
keeping in mind my my classic Kari Frazier adage, America was designed for white men with property and businesses. The further away you get from that, the more America is not your design. So we have to customize it until we have our own independent space and place that is, um, you know, uh, for us and uh, run by us. Yeah. And I think part of what's really, really key about Detroit is different and what you've built is you're strategically and perfectly positioned to be a person to be in that gap because you're a media company and, you know, you're building your, you're doing your community organizing, like, you know, outside of media, mm -hmm. like on, in your block, like on your block, in your neighborhood, you, you're building, uh, or you've built strong relationships with, uh, the, I would call it like the local anchor organizations in, in the neighborhood, but also, you you have been um, cultivating relationship and building bridges with mag other magazines and other publications, and you've been doing the rounds of um, connecting with like various, you know, um, I'll say sectors of like business, you know, um, nonprofit, mm -hmm. you know, and so I think um, what you're doing here at Detroit is different by you know, allowing people to tell their stories, you telling stories, identifying, you know, um, I'm going to say the angle, right? Mm -hmm. And really putting forth, um, I'll say a truer narrative of what um, a Black experience is here uh, in, in America, Black experience in Detroit, and a, a more well-rounded understanding of, like, who we are so that, you know, these media conglomerates that do have a lot of power and do have a lot of resources that are able to push their message to people in ways that makes people believe them. You've been cultivating that, um, I'd say very similar, very strong, like trustworthiness so that what you're, the, the, the messages and, you know, the ways in which you put things out, it, you know, it makes you a trustworthy source of information. And so I think that the power that you've been building, you know, um, I'm, I'm really glad to see that you've been building this power, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and, and, and utilizing it for good, like holding the, um, community conversations and listening sessions and, you know, connecting with other organizations. So you're actually through your actions, teaching, you're, you're doing, it's like popular political education, I would call it, you uh know? I like that you said it like that. Um, and, and I've been embracing more of that myself as I've been saying, you know, we're decade thinking. So next year is going to be a big year for Detroit is different. That'll be the 10 year anniversary. We plan on doing something to commemorate that. I think uh, we can galvanize that. But what you're really speaking to is what I feel we function best in. And that's social capital. When I say we, I mean black folks, you know, the melanated people. We we connect to social capital. It means something. We can sway so much, um, you know, and it, I've been observing certain fights that we haven't spoke to. But like even a lot of the things Brother Kyrie Irving was going through and uh, the way that the NBA responded to that definitely stood where it's like, wow, this is a hell of a win in social capital. 
you know, from yeah. what we usually hear of like, oh man, you know, you got to back away and right. nothing can be done. And, you know, they got more money or they got more resources. It's like, that's, that's the chamber that's in the chambers of their arsenal. And it's yeah. not necessarily saying that you just disregard it altogether, but building these connections with my neighbors, with people build the, the, the reputation, um, it, it means something like it, it's sad to see that um, it's sad to see the way that our community, whether true or untrue, uh, feels compromised by some of our leadership. And uh, Youssef spoke on that at the State of Black Detroit um, address that we did this past year. Um, it, it's very it, it's sad. So I cherish um the support that I do have, I recognize that. I think that that is really like, you know, that clout allows me to go. And it's not like the way people feel about like, I guess, fans and users. And it's so weird because social media tries to like, it's like a, what would I say? It's like an artificial form of social capital in certain ways. But then I see people like Mama Shu. Um, this past weekend, I ran in Tyree Guyton and, um, and I said, I was like, yo, man, you, you're like a lot of the prototype of what I want to do digitally with Detroit is different. And, you know, Tyree, he was like, oh, don't don't try to be like me. Be like you, brother. You know, and I was like, I don't think he got what I was saying. But, you know, I looked at Dobbles. I look at what Baba Malik's doing. So, like, a lot of people are applauding what's happening with uh, the build out of the store. But it's so much bigger than that. It's it's when I look at Baba Malik, I see, you know. 30, 40 years of, of putting in that effort. Um, I'm, I'm going to the same thing with you and Josh. Um, so being that Detroit is different, it'll be 10 years and 2024. 20, that means in 2027, we'll have a 10 year of Piper Carter and Josh Adams, which are anchor voices of what we do, you know, and it's been some people we lost along the way, but I'm so looking forward to that celebration too. And bringing that as we wave that flag and, and we stream together and strengthen our social capital because it takes time. Yeah. It takes a lot of time, mm -hmm. you know, and it's interesting because so much of what we go through in Detroit, um, as melanated people, black people, indigenous people is urgent, mm -hmm. is dire, is, you know, and it's always like putting out a fire. There's always some sort of stress. There's always some thing that we have to tend to. It's always something, you know, and um, be it, it, it's a, it almost feels like it's a luxury to be able to think like seven generations into the future. At the same time, though, we know that this is very necessary, you know? I, I mean, you know how much I love boxing. Um, it, it's, 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 do you want to be a counterpuncher? You know, and if you're counterpunching, meaning like a person strikes you and you strike back, if you're always striking back, then you never you're never initiating something. And I do believe that we do have that. And a part of that is conditioning because I've had those discussions with people. I do think we have that time. It takes that patience, that calm and that necessary understanding that if we don't center ourselves and find that purpose, 
then we're going to always be counterpunching. Um, I mean, even as I'm talking, like, I, I, you know, I have um, from the feature today, I'm getting a lot of like congratulations and things like that. But so many people I know are just still so caught in that mix of just not even just centering themselves because of all the chaos of noise. I mean, you know, I'm looking at, you know, like most people, extremely high DTE bills. Um, you know, I'm looking at, you know, like a lot of other people, you know, and when you're in a city like Detroit and it's the winter time, you have an older vehicle, you're always thinking like, okay, is this the year? Is this not the year? You know what I'm saying? Like extreme cold and extreme heat can be hard on a vehicle. Um, you know, so, so that's in the back of my mind, family and other things, but that's centering to no purpose. And I know this is a luxury that I'm exploring and exercising that, but it's imperative that we get there because if we don't, if we don't get there, we're always in response to what's being imposed upon us. Hence that that heightens the thought process of everything that you all speak bad into capitalism. That heightens the idea of scarcity. That heightens the idea of urgency. That heightens the idea of um, uh, of the polarity of them only being two choices. Until you can really sit back and look at all of the all of the moves you can make on the chessboard, then you're not just going to keep moving pawns ahead like you're playing checkers. Right. And so that is the crux of where we can, I'm going to use the word win, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is in that being able, being able to play the long game, yeah. being able to think, being able to strategize, and and taking care of ourselves you yeah. know having that breath and um and also you know just having the ability to just like rest and reflect and um and dig deep and you know yeah it is a mindset it's a mindset shift mm -hmm. you know it's definitely a mindset shift i've been i read this book i don't know if Others have read the book. It's called um, Rest as Resistance. And it's by, uh, I forgot her actual name, but she calls herself the Nap Minister, no, the Nap Bishop. And she has something called the Nap Ministry. And um, I read the book towards the end of uh, last year. And um, I've been incorporating it. She talks about, you know, the maroon societies and she talks about, you know, um, not working yourself into the grave and um, just taking time for naps and just, uh, you know, taking time for rest and just, you know, resting your brain. You know, your brain is a muscle and you can't just like keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And you add stress to that or if you're not taking care of your health and yeah, you're just deteriorating yourself. So I started incorporating a lot of you know, what she teaches in the NAP ministry. I did that. And also I read this other book. I forgot the name of it, but it was about setting boundaries. I think it was even called setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think both of those books together towards the end of last year, reading them um, really helped me to, I had always believed in these things, but it really helped me to like put words and understanding in a framework to something that ha I had been taking naps. I had been, okay, well, I'm not going to work today. I've been, you know, on this kind of be, you know, give yourself grace type of thing. Mm -hmm. 
But I think, yeah, those are two books that are speaking to a lot of uh, this conversation and what and the things that you're bringing up. Like if folks, you know, want to read or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it, your grandma would tell you, um, your grandma, Piper, mm -hmm. your grandma would tell you, um, you know, take a nap, lay down. The boy probably needs to lay down. Like, yeah, girl needs to lay down. Like it, it's. It's so true because our body, you know, during sleep, it's a lot of healing that goes on, healing properties. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to sound like a shaman or anything like that. It's just it's just true. You know, um, if you're sick, you've probably done this experiment. If you if you work through and fight through the whole like, oh, man, you know, my sinuses are acting up and I'm going to just fight through it. The more you fight through it the tougher it's going only going to be because, you know, your immunity, your, um, you know, your reset, like so much, you know, I, I do think that you, you, you can think so much more clear with a good rest and good rest it, that it can become a luxury, um, in, in America. Um, but you know, invest in it. Like even here, here's a classic one. You know what I'm saying? How old is your mattress? You know what I'm saying? Do you got a mattress pad? You know, are you on the right mattress? You know, stuff like that. You know, and then if mattress is too much, get yourself some new pillows. You know, get yourself a new pillowcase. Like it make the sleep experience an experience that you enjoy. Because if you can enjoy sleep, it's only going to you're paying yourself back so much more than um, you know a person that's never gonna sleep and and i think that this culture of like i'm always grinding i'm always grinding i'm always grinding i'll eat you know what i'm saying like um you know the classic you know i'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning i'm going to sleep at midnight as soon as i get up you know the first thing i'm doing is grabbing this device and i'm already punching in whatever you know i'm checking my updates then going to my calendar then i'm da -da -da -da. it's like you're so on the go we're not built we're not meant to be mechanical and machines right sometimes we even have to step back and say all right like as i'm on the go like this what's you know what what are the advantages you know what are mm -hmm. the disadvantages sometimes easing into something is a good natural way for me at least i don't know how other people feel you know as uh piper knows she'll call me sometimes and i'm like yeah i'm up early all the time but up and oh not sleeping is different than up and out Right. You know, so it's like I, I kind of have like a I don't know what you call that state. I don't know if you you're in this like like a relaxed state where I'm not sleeping mm. and I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I may be mm -hmm. reading a little bit. Mm. I may be thinking through some things okay. like you. I may I may think back to memories of my mom or my mm -hmm. grandmother or people that passed. Mm -hmm. uh, Mama Barnes. Rest in peace or Thea Barnes. I've been thinking about yeah, Mama or Thea a whole peace. lot yeah. uh, recently. Um, kind of like having a conversation with a spirit or something like I do that often, you know, mm -hmm. um, in those times at certain times, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, like if I am like, sometimes I have truncated sleep, I'll wake up. Usually it's so weird. Four o'clock is a time like four fifteen. That's a magic hour. Mm, I never knew that. Yeah. The time, uh, so it, you know, roughly. Mm -hmm. between two and five or hmm. you know uh or like three and five something like that is okay. a, a the, those are magic hours right before the sun comes up there um is a magic that's happening with the earth right hmm. um and so that for me that's the time that i spend 
like, you know, in my spiritual uh, sanctuary, doing a lot of my, you know, um, reflections and spiritual work. But um, it's a time that you can call a lot of things to you. It's a time where, you know, your prayers can be really um, heightened. Mm. It's a time where, um, you know, all the animals are waking up. So you're like in sync. You know what I mean? Like you're in sync with the 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 magic of um of this world. There's lots of articles about it or videos, you know, um that you can check out and different cultures uh assign different well very similar but maybe different nuanced reasons, but in essence globally uh that's the that's the magic time for for spiritual, you know, uh reflection, connect with your ancestors to, you know, give gratitude to the earth. Um, and if you can, I mean, I don't know about in the hood, you know, you can go outside and put, take off your shoes and put your feet into the earth and like, listen to the trees and things like that. You might have to do that. You know Hilarious. what I'm saying? Well, out, you know, I, out, I, out in nature. <laughs> you know, you know, Josh always called me the barefoot CEO. Cause I'm a barefoot <laughs> person in the summer. He, he, Piper knows that too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always um like in tune just in that spirit. Um I, I do think that that's one of those quality of life things. I'm like Piper too. I think music is good. So I strongly suggest we're working on a big project, me and Piper. It's gonna come and you're gonna get a lot of these like uh little tips, but making playlists, I think, is also pretty cool too. Music is big in my life at least. Um but it, it may not be music for you. I mean, have that space and that place of some buckets that you can fill up that, you know, add and, and, and um, rejuvenate you to keep moving because, you know, getting in these spaces, especially in these social justice fights. And I know it's a lot of social justice warriors that follow Piper, love Piper, but um, getting in these fights sometimes, especially you're, you're connecting with people that um, it's no telling like what brings them there. You may need that full cup. So connecting to that full cup, making sure you're ready to pour in before something comes into you. And uh, like what Piper said, even in setting boundaries, being expressive about that um, and being, you know, being willing to be present with the person, but not necessarily like assume all that burden as well. You know, it, these are all, I guess, altruistic traits that we are learning uh, as time goes. But I do have more of an optimistic attitude. I think that this is a battle. We're at war, but I don't think that the war is something that we will lose. I believe there are a lot of vulnerabilities in our opposition uh, because of the size and how they move and what they need to do uh, to move forward. And it's just about us, you know, connecting in that time and that place and that space, that consciousness to initiate and engage. Yeah. And um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Because you said something mm -hmm. about we're at war. Oh, yeah. You know. No man is safe from. No man is safe from. So the thing is, there's so many wars. One of the wars I wanted to uh, dig into just a tad bit. It's not a war. It's just an interesting concept. When we first started the podcast, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we were talking about your your uh Britney's uh 
role model. <laughs> He's role model. Britney's somewhere uh, throwing throwing a water bottle at the. I know uh, Kanye West. Yes. Remember we were we was like f Kanye West, and everybody was like y'all are crazy. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, let's talk about a little bit of like, you know, from from then to now. Like, what are some of your observations of some of the the ways in which we've like warred on, you know, brought war on some of these issues or, you know what I mean? And your like reflections. I wanted to see like what you think, just a little recap. In reference to him or? Not just him, but there's been so many issues since the oh, beginning since of the, the podcast. Start of it. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think a couple of different things have happened uh, since the start, like 2018, it doesn't seem like it, but that was a second ago. So like, 2018 you had a um you had first we can get into the if we're gonna say kanye west clearly he has um i think it is still like a a a, a self interesting i think so um within this self-interest he's definitely revealed some things that i believe are true um and uh, some of those truths don't necessarily negate the fact that the reasoning behind it uh, may not necessarily be for the upliftment of the people. It's almost like a like I look at it like Kanye West is like the what would I say? He's like. He's like, OK, the 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 older cool kids are about to skip school mm-hmm. and then they'd be like, man, you can't go with us. Yeah. And then he he's now still left at school. So now he goes to the principal's office and says, they just left school. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in reality, his his problem mm-hmm. has always been he just wanted to skip school with the rest. Yeah. So since he can't skip school with everybody else, it's like, I want to blow it up for everybody. Yeah. You know? And now it's only caused more challenges everything that he wants to do which is is revealing of some of the things that he's saying in the first place and he just got married i i saw that story also the story of him being missing like all of this is so much theater i don't know what's real what's not real i do expect like i said even then um before all is said and done i would not be surprised if the uh if the Kardashian family owns all his masters and the rights to all of his clothing and everything um, under the guise of, you know, his children are with him and he Mm -hmm. is, uh, what is that? Legally insane. Like what, what they've done to, uh, this is happening in in the time of this podcast too. what they've done with Wendy Williams Mm -hmm. and and to an extent for a while, what they were doing with Britney Spears, they will, Mm -hmm. I think, um, she's still going through it. She, I thought, I thought she won her rights, quote unquote, back. She I did, some, but I saw something recently. Yeah, I saw yeah. something recently that I could see. Now maybe her husband, instead of her uh, father, mm. will take the rights of it. Yeah, because I did see an episode where they said, "Ah, oh, look at Britney Spears being manic." So, you know, paying attention to and decoding what this means back mm-hmm. to like media. Yeah. That's the one great thing I love about coming on this podcast because I have the brevity to really unpack what I'm seeing when I look at this message. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing. It, mm-hmm. It's almost like he's justifiably insane. This guy's out here supporting the worst people in history. What media tells you, 
what media tells you. And uh, and I'm definitely not supporting any of those people, but I'm just trying to say, like, when we look at when we look at the atrocities of World War Two, I mean, and during the same time, you had Mussolini doing atrocities. King Leopold and what he's done to Africa is horrific. And then furthermore, just the forefathers here in America, like, yeah, you know, when we look at what George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, you know what I mean? These, How about George these Bush? People, yeah, I mean, George, yeah. George, How about Ronald either, Reagan? Either one of them. But, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... How about, yeah, how about Bush one and two? Yeah, it's almost like pick an American president. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... so yeah. Um, how about Clinton? Yeah, I mean, pick one. So it's it's hard to, like, get into a... How about Obama? It, it's hard to get into a, um, a, a, a... Who's the most atrocious leader you know yeah i mean because the thing is right so when it comes to that right when we talk about like media messages um there's always like this competition right to like who was the worst and it's like i don't know like how to quantify or qualify who the worst murderer is right because like one murder isn't that enough like one murder is a murder and, and i would say that I would say, especially in American society or Western society itself, like we've accepted that murder is a consequence for certain actions. We have a mm. very violent culture. We uh, do. Western society is very violent. Like, yeah, people have reasons in their head where, okay, this is worth this is worth killing. This ain't worth killing. So mm. it's not about would you. It's better of that was a little too far. Like, okay, mm. that's not worth killing, but it's worth beating up. That's mm. not worth beating up. That's worth smacking. That mm. ain't worth smacking. That's worth yelling at. Mm. That's not worth yelling at. That's worth kicking down the stairs. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a violent culture. We have yeah. violent responses. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and I love media, but like, I already know as I'm going to engage in this uh, second season of BMF, I mean, I probably would imagine in the 10 episodes, I'm yeah. probably going to watch Mm. seven nah i think it's gonna be more than that because it's like usually like like the the like the person that walks in and nobody knows like i call him the foot soldier death yeah i'm probably gonna maybe watch somewhere between 25 and 30 murders oh within these 10 episodes i, I would probably. just only imagine probably you know, and that like five low. per episode or something like that something like that i mean mm -hmm. I, I watched the 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 power canaan episodes and mm. i mean is from the same lens and i swear i think in that i've watched you know 40 people like but it's it's not even anything conjugal you know like i don't even recognize this as like oh that's memorable you know what i mean yeah whereas Which like if every person was murdered and then like an angel with wings popped out i would look at it like oh what's going on here you know what i'm saying like yeah because i've been so desensitized to mm -hmm. the violence that i accept as part of western society western culture you know, yeah, we yeah. have reasons why we feel violence would happen. You know? Right. Speaking of, um, you know, our violent culture, we had MLK Day yesterday. Yep. Um, first of all, I remember when MLK Day uh, was not our national holiday. Was not our national holiday. How we had to fight. Shout and out Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder made the song. You know, I remember it was a great song that he made. And um, I remember when, at least for me, maybe because I went to African-centered school, but I remember when it was a huge thing, right, to, like, celebrate. But um, 
on yesterday, there was something that interesting that happened. The statue trumped the holiday. It sure did. Let's talk about it. Man, oh the man. statue. Man, oh man. Okay, first of all, oh, if folks haven't um, seen the statue, <laughs> go look at the statue. It's supposed to be um, Coretta, rest in peace, mm-hmm. and Dr. King. Dr. King, rest in peace, embracing. Mm-hmm. I, my mouth doesn't want to say what it what I think it looks like. Mm. But let's just say it's a number. Hilarious. <laughs> a number. I mean, I don't want to even disrespect the legacy by saying those words. You know what I'm saying? I don't even want to. I, I don't want the karma of the disrespecting their legacy like that that's without. Hilarious. But we know it's a number. Hilarious. But uh, I'm just saying, like, what is the deal? <sighs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So, um, all right. So when I first saw this, the first thing I did was I put a post up on Facebook to just get some feedback from Jamon Jordan because I looked at him with history and I was like, okay, what's the deal with these faceless statues of black people? Because we had a fist for Joe Lewis. And he gave a great context of that fist for Joe Lewis, which I I guess I was always misunderstanding of it because I thought the fist was because they didn't want a black man's face at the time. He said, no, it was a gift uh, for defeating Nazi. And I mean, it's it's a classic like, you know, it's a symbol of Detroit, you know, Um, and we do appreciate and I'm still calling it that racist man's name Cobo Hall you have the full statue of Joe Lewis which I think was definitely something that Coleman Young was like nah we need a full statue too um so then you look at this image and you're thinking to yourself a couple of things one knowing Boston uh being one of the settler places of America the um the racism is historic in Boston um especially even dealing with like, um, you know, sports figures and, you know, those Bostonians love sports and stuff like that. You know, it would be like uh champion rest in peace. Bill Russell died last year, you know, and like he'd win championships and people would be like, you know, uh, defecating on his bed. And, and like when he come back home and stuff like that, like, it would, it, it's like Boston has such a classic tradition of so much racism uh we think of the busing situation of everything that happened throughout like the 70s and 80s another one of them good old uncle joe biden things another one of them joe biden's past that was back in the day but still he was he was big on not wanting black kids to be in school with white kids but um the black busing issue Mm -hmm. um and then just the the history of boston itself like um it's a very uh, that that the racism is, is strong. It's thick. Yeah, anti-blackness so, for sure. And with that, Martin Luther King did go to school there. Um, so to do this, it's almost like in honoring him. It, it's like you honored him with this ceremony and this statue. Yeah, but you disrespected their legacy as well with the design of this. And I had a conversation with Nandi 
um, and she works sometimes in art spaces. So she's like, yeah, you know, many people figured, you know, worked on this and approved that and da 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 da. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm sure that it was very uh, uh, a, a, a an exhaustive process of how this came about. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if so many black people immediately saw that and said, what the hell is this? Right. Then obviously Ooh. it's missing the point. And, and who I, did it go across to and, say? And it is a black artist. And what we're going to definitely say is a hey, black artist that did that. You still just because you're black does not does not give you the the freedom to know that, like, especially like the, the photo of this quote unquote iconic photo, the embrace. Like, I can't. I can't even think of like iconic photos. You're a photographer. Like, is that an iconic photo? Like, you know what I'm Not saying? Like, that. I don't think it's like uh, the type of photo that's so iconic where you can just take like a, a, a portions of it. It needs to be like a, you know. Uh, is like, it, uh, maybe it's the one, is it the one where she was like smiling or kissing him or something like that? But still, you mm. know, I mean, it, doesn't look at first glance like he like he literally had to explain it to you for you to even try to understand Which that means it's bad what art. was going on that means it's bad art like i look at like okay like the four little girls if you if i saw if i saw a bench which this will still be disrespectful if i saw a bench and i saw four skirts and little girls i'd be like oh i know what that is if i saw um if i saw w what other iconic pit it's like damn when i think of historic black iconic photos you know i think gordon parks immediately gordon parks but you know great day in harlem or something like okay that, yes know? but like if you just okay so but you need to see the faces for great day in harlem but like i no, guess, you could put like if you made statues what? of like sticks or steel or okay I you know you drops or like give you that mobile I'll you know you what that. I mean? Like you do a mobile. I mean, there's different ways you could do it. Balloons, <laughs> you know, lights, you know what I mean? Like different lights, like all well, around. it would be, it still would be closer to, but you know, it's like, it has to be a very impactful photo for you to just take like a, a, a portion of that photo and it to exist. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, here we go. When Mandela was, um, when Mandela, when apartheid ended and Mandela got out of prison and yeah. him waving his hand, I think that was a moment where it's like snapshot, click. We 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 would know, like, if, if it was a statue in South Africa with just Mandela's hand raised, I still think he should, his whole body should be there. But I think we would get the, the you know, the, the, the art of what that is. Like, it's hard. Like, when I think of iconic photos... Man, it, I'm, I'm almost stuck. You're a photographer, like, and especially I mean, with Martin Luther, Martin Luther King's most iconic photo is the "I Have a Dream" speech. Yeah, but I think, like, you know, um, I get it that he was trying to do an iconic photo, but I think even just like the execution of the piece itself mm -hmm. is very sexualized. Like, it's very sexualized and not in a way that feels respectful. I definitely see that as certain people have said that I, I think that um, I don't necessarily I was confused 
somebody had to explain <laughs> the sexualized to me even and it's like you it looks so different from different angles yeah especially what it is and then at, at certain points i'm wondering like okay which arm is martin's which arm is coretta's like yeah. it's very confusing <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like it, it very much looks confusing that's yeah. what it looks like to me i thought it was legs immediately i think certain people definitely said that I thought it was legs. I didn't even know it was arms. Like, I and, and then when you see the like, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it just doesn't stand out. It doesn't, it doesn't speak. It's so many questions, and I'm sure that this project was a lot of money and a lot of effort. But you gotta, you gotta change this. You gotta change that. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, as bad as that one Tupac. Uh, this is worse than the Tupac. Um, sculpture where it don't look like Tupac. Well, so, and this is the other thing too, right? So there has been over time a debate in fashion around headless persons, headless women and how, you know, cutting people off in images is a form of like Disrespect. silencing them, disrespecting them, dehumanizing them. Um, and so, yeah, it does have that kind of tinge to it. Like, why is it headless? Like, why? I mean, and it's fine. I get it. Like, not being literal. You know, artists are like, oh, but I don't want to be literal. I'm going to do this really incredible, like, abstract nah, thing. Because, see, this is where I have a challenge. This is where I got to pull back and challenge. Because sometimes you you have a freedom to be an artist. You know, like me as an artist myself, like I do a lot of this video work. I do a lot of production. Um, I, I creatively put a lot of stuff into things. The the, the documentary project I did with Bodie James and uh, and Bodie's get Bodie had a bad accident. He's getting healthy. Shout out to him and Sterling. Um, yeah, I was able to Sterling was in it too. Sterling, no, Sterling was you know on that project with me. Okay, but and, I was able yeah. to play around with it because it was like artistry that you know is is Bodie. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and feel better, Bodie. If if I were if I were tasked with doing a creative project on behalf of like I don't know, um, let's think of like somebody that I just really think that their legacy means a whole lot to our culture and our people. Um, let's say like a Let's say like a, mm, let's say a, um, mm, mm, hmm. I, I'm really trying to think of like what artists do I really think would be that, but like an artist, like if if Curtis Mayfield or something like that, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Where I was tasked with that, I would have to honor it with a certain type of like integrity Respect. and dignity, yeah, for for everything going on and each step of the way, I would include the people in, in a part of it, a part of the life of Curtis Mayfield mm -hmm. or Aretha Franklin or. But also like too, that, I think. this is the thing too. And I'm not, I don't know this artist. I don't know this to be true. I'm just saying mm -hmm. kind of a generalization mm -hmm. in my experience. A lot of artists are like, I don't want to, I don't want your input. Like this is my art, my and what vision. I'm, and what I I you would know? say that when you're doing something that important for the culture, it's not about what the hell you want. It's about honoring the fact that that represents something that's bigger. Because I would think that those artist people, 
Because, like, who they care about those figures? If if Kari did something for Basquiat, those artist heads would be all on my head because I don't really like Basquiat's art. You know what I'm saying? And I would be like, I would I would approach it with the, eh, you know, whatever. And artists that I know love that, love what Basquiat does. And they would say, wow, you don't even respect the, the legacy of, of him. So I would be wrong to even take that commission if I wouldn't be willing to let some of those people inform me on what this is. So yeah, that and, that, and that's way, the purpose, right? You know? So there's a, you know, is the purpose, well, you know, what is the purpose? And, and see, that's the other thing. Like when I know that this is going to be like a living monument to, to a figure that is so impactful. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny. DJ saying, look, I start and I, I'm going to start doing this too. He was like, yo, I start my Black History Month MLK day on. That way I get my full 45 days. <laughs> so I'm going to get Piper to be on that too now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shoot. I mean, I went to African Center School yeah. and grew up in the African Center home so, and had African centered parents and okay. parents was part of the black arts movement and health creep so Motown MLK and all this day. other stuff. So my, went to Howard, like my entire life was black, right. <laughs> dedicated to black like history MLK, and black MLK culture day. and black yeah, people. Muhammad day. I mean, okay. We Muhammad got, day. I mean, every single day of the year mm -hmm. you could do some black history. Yeah. 365. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sometimes 66. Mm -hmm. You could do black history mm -hmm. globally. Yeah, you could. Not just here, yeah. all over the globe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but I, I, I really do think that um you have to take that onus as an artist. I, I mean, I, I know, yeah, sometimes artists like I don't want any input or whatever. Hell no, nah. you know what I'm saying? Like you have to, you have to some some works will require you to sit and be present especially like the living legacy it's not that long ago no you know, i have the time magazine uh that that you know where he was murdered you know what i'm saying like it Damn. wasn't that long ago so these are people you can touch these are people yeah. you can talk to these are people you can connect with this yeah. isn't like a you know this isn't like you're doing a, a sculpture of mansa musa or something right you know what i'm saying right like or nefertiti or something like that like right. this is for real, so, you know, you can still grasp. It's still real photos. Like, you know, you can do more with that. Um, than I but think, think about time. it. How many people, I wonder how many people were involved in the development of this project and the uh, permission or, you know, I, I execution of it. I so many. Um, I have a, I know. I don't want to say relationship, but I know one of the council members in Boston. She's oh man, she got a lot of fight in her too. Uh, Julia Fortson. I've been looking at her Instagram page. I don't want to be number four hundred thousand to slide in her DMs like, yo, what the hell? But I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't be surprised if something changes in reference to that very soon. And then, oh, wow. and then I also feel like it was embarrassing to involve the family to like. I mean. I would be so mad and angry if I gave a speech on behalf of my grandfather and then that was the statue. I would be like, man. You know, I'm going to read from the chat. So um, Always First Class said that, you know, we should know better because um, our ancestors. Oh, click the uh, click it. 
And then it click it. shows up. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You didn't know that. Let me see. Yeah, so it says uh we should know always first class says um we should know better because our ancestors' artwork uh was defamed and destroyed. Yeah. If not us, then whom? Nobody. I agree. I, I definitely agree. I mean, yeah. it was technically what they say, all skin folk ain't You're, You're supposed to come back in. No, all I was skin reading folk ain't. All your skin folk ain't some of them ain't shit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She took it another level. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding, bro. No, I just mean like in the land of art, right? Okay, that's another conversation that we can have for another day. But there's this whole culture around the elitism of visual arts, which it's real, which really uh creates a barrier for a lot of black people to even want to be in i'll say like those realms of art right like there's so many barriers in general but yeah definitely um definitely that's another podcast for another day like the elitism in art and the you know who is art for you know all this stuff around like you know do you you don't get it or Oh, I mean, you very know. much so. And I and I don't, I had one of my, um, shout out to Sydney Camp. She came on here with the art collector uh, for a Detroit is Different podcast at one point in time. And, um, and when Sydney did that, I, I just, I still, I, I sometimes I just don't understand it because part of the collecting is who the artist is and the impact the artist has on the community and who they hang with, like, to me, Basquiat's story especially is one, and we can bring this up and we can close out on this because I know that you can speak to this, but Basquiat's story mm -hmm. is um, if he's not with Andy Warhol and Madonna and in that scene in New York, I, nobody, I don't I, I don't think it's anything. And then also his um, But you know, that's a context. Murder, like, it's yeah. like, you take him away from that scene and those people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, these people aren't appreciating that art. It's, it's But that's the, the context of the, that's the thing. So that's the context of art in general, right? Like mm -hmm. that. So let's say like street art, because that period actually ushered in the era of street art. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we know it, right? Yeah. Like uh, as a so-called like legitimate, you know, yeah. art. Bansky and all of that. So with that, the whole context behind his art was this like counterculture because it was the rise of punk and hip hop. Mm -hmm. So it was like pretty much like the visual representation of this young spirit of youth of youth culture at the time which was very anti you know um capitalism actually and very anti establishment at the same time though it's like he's hanging with these people who are of extreme means mm -hmm. who also are embodying this rebellion mm -hmm. against I don't know, their grandparents or whatever. Yuppies, as they called them. Well, <laughs> no, these ones weren't the yuppies. These ones were like your arts, like counterculture arts people who were just like, you know, just trying to make a statement about being anti. But to me, I think the yuppies were the ones buying his stuff. 
Like mm. I think when I think of that movie, you probably never seen it with uh Christian Bale, American Psycho. That's yeah, 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 of, yeah, yeah. That's who I think was buying his art after him passing. Oh, yeah, that's who's buying it now. Cocaine, heroin, and all of that stuff. The mm -hmm. young upper class, as they called them, yuppies. Mm -hmm. It was a, a, a part of the that that scene, which kind of brings me to my next question. And I guess we can close out here as we getting closer to the hour mark. Okay. Madonna. Yeah. Is coming back on tour. She ain't been on tour in a long time. A they're long saying, time. When was the last time she was on tour? I don't know. But they're saying she's going to do a Detroit date. So with that, mm -hmm. as a person, and she's definitely, when we think of media and culture, and we'll do a deeper dive into this because I really have more questions about it because I remember being a kid and I know people were like, what the hell is, is, a, is a black man, uh, you know, in the hood concerned with Madonna for? I have a lot of unpacking because I'm in marketing and media. And like but she's so from much of things Detroit -ish. And, and she definitely Detroit ish, but mm -hmm. more so just more so as a as a figure mm -hmm. and what she represents. And always I remember like her packaging and rebranding. Mm -hmm. If you remember, if, well, you you were very young when she mm -hmm. first came out. I wonder, do you remember her first when she had like packaging? The, like the her very first packaging to me. The was first, like, first, first. What was it? 85, 84? Was she like in like the, the skirts? Yeah, it like, was the whole like, like, like a lot of like but she had like Touch a lot for of the, the very first friends, time. Friends, she like had the teddy. She was wearing the teddy. I used to be a Madonna fan. Mm -hmm. That era. I was in middle school. That's why I know everything. It was the black like rubber bangles. Mm -hmm. And then it was like the teddy. And it was like the black eyeliner out like this. And she had the perm with like the like curly permed hair. And it was all frizzy and everything. And she was red lipstick and she was doing kind of like Mar Marilyn Monroe kind of thing. And, um, you know, she, uh, her initial marketing that she came out with was, I want to say within R&B in the black, mm -hmm. it was on black radio and it was promoted to black youth. And it was like a very like black folks. It was like yeah. it was like music for black folks, and I she, mean, her I, music, I remember, her, it was funkier. I personally pop. remember people used to debate, like people would debate Michael Jackson or Prince, and people would say Tina Marie or Madonna. It was a mm. point in time where that debate did exist in, you know, in cookouts and stuff like that. You know, and always saying vintage eighties. But I'm asking this question as some as like us you know, predicting media and I want to do some more media decoding and maybe I'll just come on here and do it. Um, what, what packaging do you think she'll have? I know people will say like, what well, do you think for today, will it be, will, will it be the elegance? Will it be the Avita? No, it's not going it to be elegant. The, will like, will she have a lot of choreography with this? Like what I do you think, think will be delivered? This is the thing. I think Janet came back out after 10 million years mm -hmm. and Janet had this whole, marketing thing that was online she did her concert um so I Janet, thought she started pulling dates though she may have but i mean i'm just saying in general the rollout. Like, she came back packaging yeah okay, yeah yeah so you. she had this whole rollout which was i want to call it six months yeah around six months that she was mm -hmm. doing a rollout and everything and it was you know, Janet's doing this and Janet's doing that. And what does Janet think about this? And she was just commenting she did on do everything. That four part and, documentary and I still haven't watched that yet. Yeah, we should watch that and talk about we it. We can do that. We can. Yeah. Do that. And um, my personal thing, I think maybe Madonna may have seen that. Like, 
if she can come out, I can come out. I don't know. Maybe she just wanted to I come out. But I do remember I have been seeing a lot of Madonna. 2022, 2021, 22, I started seeing a lot of Madonna. I know um, her son, her she has black children. Mm-hmm. One of her older sons was doing some, I don't know if it was TikTok or what he was doing. And she was promoting that. I know um, she also was like in the room when Kanye was dating the woman before the one that he just married. Okay. And Madonna was hanging out there. I know that um, she's been sharing a lot of her children's like TikToks and things like that. Like, look at my kids. And um, she's just kind of been like lingering in the media, just kind of like showing her stuff. I haven't heard her talk about music. I haven't seen her doing anything with music. Music, So I think um, possibly this rollout, she may try to prove that she's still sexy. Because, like, on her Instagram, she's always posting these, like, sexy pictures. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Madonna, I mean, not that. Mm-hmm. You know, elders can't be sexy. Um, let me be careful. And I want to bring it bring it back to me because I'm asking this because you you've worked in fashion. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm asking this is because I just always wonder in media and messaging for those arcs because mm-hmm. bring it back to me. Like I'm looking at you know as we see, like <laughs> this is me speaking right into what Piper says: consumerism, capitalism, but. but <laughs> We use celebrities are used as iconic figures to basically like herd a crowd of like, I can be that. Yeah. Right. So we're looking at like, I guess, a group of a lot of women really kind of in your age range. Yeah. that Are transitioning to like, OK, I'm not my grandma, grandma. Yeah. But technically I'm a grandma now. Yeah. But what type of grandma am I going to be? Yeah. I don't want to be, you know, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, like little red riding hood, grandma. Girls, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, what, what's, what's this? I'm not all in the family. That's what, right. that's what I'm saying. Okay. So I'm not all in the family. Right. But I'm also, I don't want to be Blanche from Golden Girls either. Hilarious. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they like, might, what does this They might want to like? be Blanche. Maybe. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, what does this look like? And I'm thinking that, that, you know, um, some handlers are going to be oh, a part sure. of whatever the arc of what she looks like. And I totally forgot about, you're right. She will do like the good morning America rollout. Mm-hmm. She'll probably have like a, she'll probably have like a HBO five part, whatever of what her life is in this story to gather up some attention. Mm-hmm. And it's going to also be kind of what the Rolling Stones are for like extremely old people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? White mm-hmm. folks that like it, it will, you know what I'm saying? Like, because it's going to be a lot of branding involved in this because that group of women mm-hmm. is that's a big group of women, black women included. Like yeah. if packaged, if if, if they packaged execute properly. this package packaging correctly. Yeah. It can be that. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to be what I use. It'll be like some denim, like jeans, blouse with jeans, but the right type. I think she's going to have a full unitard on and try to, and then like be, you know, lifted out the sky and prove that she can still do the splits and open her legs up to the camera and throw the microphone in her, 
genitals and <laughs> try to prove that she can still do all that stuff. I don't know. I just think she's going to give us like, you know, that if she like, cause that's what Janet was doing. So you don't think that the handlers, because I, I've, I've always thought that Madonna set more trends than Janet. You don't think that enough of the machine will have more interest than like, all right, if we're going to roll out again, we need you to like kind of capture the hearts and minds of this group of women that really kind of don't have a a prototype ish figure. I see a lot of black women, especially like with Angela Bassett, like winning some award. And I think Angela Bassett is fly. Like, yeah, but she's not a the machine has not put the the they haven't poured in the resources into her to make her the iconic figure of like, oh, I want to be like her. I think Michelle Obama was was becoming that especially for black women at one point in time yeah but you know that's different than white women and white women like will they use maybe some of that michelle obama ish stuff with madonna like this this is like kari media thinking i think also too like we're in such an interesting time that like if we're honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. it's almost like out of style to be white in 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 music and pop music and things like that. I mean, in the sense of when you see a young, a lot of the younger white artists, they're doing the Madonna, right? They're they're taking black art and then incorporating incorporating it into their, you know, uh, the pantheon of like their image, and that's what Madonna did. Like she took. Yeah. Like the black image and the black sound and the black Nile art. Rogers did a lot of production for her, right? Well, yeah, and That's she and she like came out. I want to say as like a white black chick. You know what yeah. I mean when she first came out. And I think you know, with if you look at the younger artists like the Billie Eilish and you know some of these other like Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, all these other young. Yeah. They kind of they did. I mean, a little different than Madonna, but I think they did the like. Oh, let you know these black artists are doing this, and I'm gonna do this. I think Madonna coming back out. I think they really need to be strategic about what is the purpose of Madonna coming back out, and like what is the message that they want to send. Because um, it, you know, she's gonna have to do right, like like a prayer. She's gonna have to do, you know, like a virgin. She's gonna have to do, you, think you know, she would vote. Do own, because like Prince. Later on, like obviously, I think some of it was the Jehovah's Witness stuff. He wouldn't do like his whole set. Like some stuff in my mind, she'll definitely do Vogue. But like, how much of a product? Like in my mind, I think it may be a scaled back production. It may be like a, it may be like because I, I do think just in my marketing mind, if executed right, she can be become like the. Yep, that's the cool soccer mom that I want to be. I'm not the mini mom, mom. I'm the I'm the mom that the kids get in the car and we playing Drake and Future. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, kind of. But remember, know. her image was always sex. Her image was her image At and her second, message. She, she turned to elegance with the Avita and and like she got to like a little bit of like elegance, a, a little bit of and and in my mind, if you feel like it's always with sex, even more reason now that she could kind of not go all the way like Adele or Celine Dion, but her version of that. Yeah, but she's not a strong enough vocalist. Like her music wasn't, you know, I mean, honestly, it wasn't like vocally like, you know, uh <laughs> let me have that sound disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But the, let's just say like her 
her vocal ability and her, you know, her music itself wasn't really like music for like vocalists, right? She's always been an entertainer. Yes. And 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 her music was always about yeah, for me, her music was always about pushing the boundaries of sex and sexuality. And she brought it, she was one of the ones who helped bring in the sexual revolution, you know, for women and made it cool to be, you know, sexy and made it cool to like, you know, have an orgasm on stage and made it cool to like, you know, like do orgies and all this kind of thing. You know what I mean? And like, you know, masturbate. This was her, this is like her messages. You know what I mean? That was like, you know, um, that, and her poppy, poppy, that's why people had a problem with her because she had a poppy sound and it was, you know, it was marketed, you Kids. know, it was pop like, yeah, teens and mm -hmm. stuff like that, young adults. And so I think it's interesting to think of her as an, as a, an elder mm -hmm. now and coming out and like, yeah. So if that was your thing, then what, you know, what say ye as an elder like with that music now mm -hmm. i don't know and it's interesting like again maybe we're just looking at it like okay yeah it's fine for an elder to be sexy and yes. she's she's gonna come out and show you what does it mean for us for a sexualized elder <laughs> to come out and like be her sexualized elder white woman self and, and i wouldn't be surprised Probably not. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if she has some, like, major international stars pop in on some dates with her. Like, Burner Boy. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. That'd be dope. She'll probably have, um, damn, I can't even. Um, she should bring Rihanna. Bad Bunny. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if she does something with Rihanna in my Yeah, mind. Cardi B or something. Maybe Cardi, yeah, I could yeah, see that. That'd be but like cool. I think the packaging has to be if it, it I think if it's too sexualized, it's gonna be looked at as like, huh? You know what I'm saying? Maybe That's why I think it's gonna have to be packaged in a different way. Maybe. I mean, also too, if they they that that could be what the marketing is, right? Like if she comes back out, it could be like, you know, when you're never too old to be sexy. You I never know? thought about that. Yeah. But do you think that that market because now we're, we're we're really getting into the executive mind branch of this. Do you think that that's even a market that you know? Um, it's that, hard to say. You know, I mean, because like would even want to be explored. So let's look at Angela Bassett, right? Yeah. And people look at Angela Bassett like she's an elder, sexy woman. She exercises. She you know, uh, you know, has a great body. You know what I mean? Um, She's so always first class media says, I think she's going to market herself as a Vita. Do the elegant thing. Maybe. So much. We'll know so much. And this is another thing why you guys need to media training, even for interviews. And this is something I threw at my dad. And I, I hate to leave you with this. <laughs> I believe that Prince Harry is being marketed as what I'm going to call the UK Obama. Meaning like mm. I left the I left them because they were racist and wrong. And I'm going to come back because right now, a lot of the African leaders and Caribbean leaders and even some of the Asian leaders are like, yo, we want all that wealth back from the crown. So now if we create Harry as he got a black wife and he kind of listened to her, she wear the pants in a relationship. So you really don't you know, you're not really dealing with him. So if he comes back, he'll work with us more equitably than our our, our evil, my evil brother. Like that's the packaging I get from his interviews. Mm. I don't know a lot. Once I see her interview, when she sits down and does her 
it, I, I think it'll even say a lot whether she does 60 minutes or Gail King. Like, yeah, if she, if she does Anderson Cooper or Gail King, because when you do Gail, mm-hmm. that's a different message you're talking to. Yeah, when you do Anderson Cooper and audience. Yep, when you do Anderson Cooper, it's like that's everybody. I'm, I mean, I, it's a it's a wide net. Anderson well, it's Cooper. a wide net, but you're also saying to me, the interview with him is like saying, "I've been wronged, and mm, I need to change." Mm, when you do Gail, it's more like, "I was wrong, mm, <laughs> and now I'm changing." You know what I'm saying? Mm, like it's a. Mm. Wait, know. speaking of interviews, did you get a chance? And I know we're ending, but did you get a chance to see the Barbara Walters? special on Barbara Walters? I did not. I need to watch that. Okay, I, so let's do a show on that. I okay, saw it, okay. and um, I, I won't say, say Keith nothing. Murray. Keith Murray needs help. I'm not going to say anything. Um, we're, <laughs> we're, we'll do it. We'll watch it, and I'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So, yeah, okay, this is, you know, this is us easing back. This is me, or, you know, easing back into 2023. Um, we, you know, got a full year ahead of us. A lot of great stuff. I'm really looking forward. Um, did you want to leave us with any words of wisdom? I'm going to just say, no, nah, we're going to do more of this. Because I was already talking about doing more media decoding. And Piper's always good to do that. <laughs> I was going to do some car decoding. But now I know that I got a home on the Piper show to do more media decoding. And then we'll we'll keep you guys filled up. We're going to cut these clips up and stuff like that. I mean, we just fell into the Madonna thing when I saw it come across my timeline through Metro Times. And I was like, let me get Piper's feel on this because I really, in media marketing, I always wonder the packaging of some sometimes Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, here's another, I'm I'm always going to throw pitches. Even the packaging of Hakeem Jeffries right now Mm -hmm. as the new Mm -hmm. Democrat guy, Mm -hmm. I feel as though it's not. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll do. We have to do. <laughs> we'll do a show on it. So yeah, give us the um. What you know? Where are people gonna find you? Uh, DetroitIsDifferent.com. Go to DetroitIsDifferent.com. Always listen. Tune in. Okay, and then for me, um, go on the socials. Piper Carter Podcast. We're now on uh, Facebook, so we're on YouTube and we're on Facebook Live, and also to you know all your streaming platforms. Uh, check us out for audio and if you you know want to drop a line or something go to the website pipercarterpodcast.com and of course you want to check us out on instagram um piper carter podcast so it's piper carter podcast on everything you know like share subscribe let your friends know you know this is where we'll be um so yeah we're gonna keep it on tuesdays um i want to shout out always first class media and thank you for being a loyal listener we really really appreciate you and thank you for contributing um to the chat and also to just want to thank all the listeners that have you know uh been listening over the years and just continue to listen let your friends know and also remember you can become a patreon if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon and it's piper carter podcast on the patreon piper carter podcast everything so yeah this is us easing into 2023 and we look forward to seeing you next week peace that was good